We're in this series called Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Um, We're not talking about our problem as people with lying. We struggle with that. But we're talking about the lies that the devil tells to us. The lies that come from our enemy, Satan. And the truth is that in this series and through this series, what I'm trying to do is expose for all of us and remind us that there is a spiritual supernatural reality that exists. It's not an idea. It's not a theory. Uh, uh, Evil is not just a force. It's not like um, out of the movie Star Wars, right? Those things are false. There is a, a spiritual reality. There's a supernatural realm that exists and it affects you and it affects me. In fact, the reality is that a big part of our struggle to get through this life and navigating this life means that we must engage the supernatural realm. And so we're looking at this. I want to expose it and bring it to light because we do have an enemy in the supernatural realm. He's called Satan. He's a being. Again, he's not a force. He's not a philosophy. He's not an idea. He's real. And he is an enemy of the human race because he is working against what God wants to see happen in your life and in my life. And so that's the reality. We're in a battle. This week, uh, or through this series, we've been looking at different lies that the devil tells us as uh, a human beings. The lies that he's going to whisper into our ears, he's going to plant them and has planted them um, on, the, on, on the landscape. And so we're exposed to them. And if we don't know what they are, we're not aware of them, then we're going to fall prey to them. We're going to believe them and we're going to live out a life that is in keeping with or in line with these lies. And so I'm trying to expose them, make you aware of them so that you can combat them. The truth is that God's plan for you is the only right plan. It's the only plan that's going to lead to life. What the devil wants to do is bring destruction into your life. And that's the reality. So this week, the lie we're going to look at is going to be presented to Jesus in Matthew 4. We're going to look at the passage there where Jesus is interacting with the devil and he's given a number of different temptations they're called, but they're basically lies that the devil tells to him. And so that's where we're going to be, but we're looking at the the final lie in this encounter with Satan. And what Satan's going to say to Jesus is going to sound a little different than this, but the lie that you and I are going to hear when Satan says it to us sounds something like this. Take the fast track to success. Take the fast track to success. I got a question for you. I wonder, as you sit here today, what your idea, your picture of success in your life, what does that look like? What are the components of you being successful? If you were to realize the idea that you have in your mind and heart for your life, you're successful what does that look like? What does that mean? And the other question is, where did that come from? Um, I remember when I was 12, 13 years old, I'm becoming a young man. Those you know, things happening inside of me, right? And I'm starting to look to uh, uh, look at life differently. And I remember becoming a little more aware of the things that my dad was doing when it came to how he was living his life, what he was pursuing. And my dad at the time was uh, training to be a missionary. So he was in seminary. He was a student. um, He was a professional. 
right? And a lot of times what I would see him do was in the arena and context of church. And so I remember, you know, my dad um, would get up on Sunday, right? And of course, a lot of people did this in these days, but, but my dad would put on a suit, you know, and tie a tie and, and go to church. And then he would lead in some capacity. He would be up front oftentimes. And I remember thinking, well, I need a suit and I need to learn how to tie a tie, right? And I did. And so, you know, and then uh, at church, I thought, man, I need to find a way, right? Maybe I should be doing something up front too. And so, you know, I get in a little preaching contest or whatever. Like I was emulating my dad and what he was doing. And maybe you uh, did the same thing. Probably did. I mean, your ideas of what it would mean to be uh, successful started to get painted, that picture started to get painted by the people around you that influenced you or were important to you. How important is it to you that you succeed, that you become a success? How important is that and how much does that matter to how you're going to feel about yourself or maybe how you feel about yourself right now? It's interesting to watch people as they pursue success and people get different opportunities to achieve different levels of success in this life. And as I watched some of them over the years and even had my own encounters with this, there's different reactions. What it looks like from the outside, when I look at somebody's life, I say, wow, they've been successful. Doesn't always match how they feel about themselves. I remember watching Billy Graham and hearing about him as a kid and watching him as an evangelist, preaching all over the world, on TV, millions and millions and millions of people that he impacted. And as a ministry person, I don't know that you could come up with a better picture of a successful ministry person. And yet I watched Billy Graham get close to the end of his life and he felt like a failure. He didn't know if he'd done enough. Did he do the right things? I watched my dad who pursued things in life and he was able to accomplish those things and achieve things that no one else in his family did. He got levels of education and and did just incredible things. And yet I watched my dad at times feel like a failure, not sure that he had succeeded. And of course, I've wrestled with that too. Maybe you have too. Kind of the burden in a sense of the ambitious is to at times wonder, is it really happening? Have I really accomplished anything? Did I get to the goal, the dream, the vision? And sometimes the more driven we are or people are, the more difficult it can be to really grapple with this idea of have I succeeded. In 1966, the famous brilliant physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer said the famous words, he said, I'm a complete failure. Now he was a man who had been a part of and the director of the Los Alamos Project, research team that produced the atomic bomb. He'd also served as the head of the Institute for Advanced Studies at Princeton. He had a great pedigree of accomplishment and yet looking back, He said his achievements were meaningless. He was asked about them. Well, what about your accomplishments and achievements? He said, they leave on the tongue only the taste of ashes. (laughs) Incredibly disillusioned. And honestly, if we watch people as they go through this life who achieve great things, oftentimes that's how they feel. Uncertain that they really did anything meaningful. I don't know if you've seen that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, but Chris Gardner's in there, right? And he's a guy that's struggling to make it. And all of a sudden he climbs the ladder to become a huge success financially. At the end of the movie, he kind of says, well, it's not achieving success it's the, or, or happiness. It's the pursuit of happiness where it's at. He's just kind of acknowledging that it's elusive. How do we know that we've really ever achieved it or got it? And if we get it, do we really enjoy it? 
They were to get the experience and the satisfaction of experiencing or feeling successful. In our lie today that we're going to examine, Satan is going to play on this aspect or component of our lives. He's going to play uh, in, specifically in the, in the life of Jesus and appeal to Jesus and the calling and the mission that God actually gave to Jesus as to what his life should accomplish. Jesus' vision, Jesus' idea of success was given to him by God the Father. I don't know where you got your idea of success, that picture of what it would mean to be successful. Maybe you got it from your parents, maybe your peers, maybe a coach, your teacher, maybe a leader, maybe a boss, maybe a pastor, perhaps your spouse or your kids, or maybe you got it really from God. You know, like the picture of success or accomplishment or achievement is really coming from God. A reminder as we go into this, just a reminder, this is a spiritual battle that we're talking about. It's real. We have a real enemy, an adversary, and he is seeking nothing else but your destruction. Satan does not play fair, and he is looking to take you out. And that's the reality. 2 Corinthians 11, 14. The Apostle Paul says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. The devil doesn't always come to us dark and nasty and slimy, right, with the pitchfork and the table. We can identify easily that he's the bad guy. He comes as an angel of light. He presents himself as good, attractive. You're going to want to listen to him. And he's going to appeal today to something that God has probably put in your heart and mind. Something that's good for you. But remember... His desire is only to destroy you. 1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He does not play fair and his only goal is to destroy you. Um, back in the 1800s, the late 1800s, there was a boxer uh, called, named Norman the Kid McCoy. He was a welterweight boxing champion. And he was determined to win and he didn't really care how he won. He had an opponent that he discovered was deaf. And so as he's fighting, this guy realizes he can't hear. And so at one point near the end of the third round, he points to the corner like, hey, the bell has rung, right? And so the kid, his opponent turns to look and he hits him in the side of the head and knocks him out. Okay, I just want you to remember that's how the devil is gonna come at you. He's not gonna be nice. He's not playing nice. He's gonna cheat. He's gonna do anything to win. We have to recognize who he is, his tactics, and we've gotta be absolutely laser focused on how to respond to him. Satan knows you, he knows how to get you, he knows what you're gonna be susceptible to, he knows your weaknesses, he knows your strengths, he knows everything about you, he's a genius, he's incredibly intelligent, far beyond anything you can imagine. His power is far greater than anything you can imagine. He's a formidable foe, and we've got to realize the reality of his existence. He is going to work to get you to focus on the wrong thing. His number one goal would be to stop you from trusting in Jesus as Savior. 
If he could get you to recognize or believe that God does not for you, that God doesn't love you, that Jesus isn't real, that his offer for salvation isn't real, that's his first goal. To, to blind you and confuse you and lie to you to the reality of your condition before God, that you are a sinner, you're lost, you need salvation. You need God and his forgiveness. But if he can't get you to do that, if you've already trusted in Jesus, you put your faith in him, that his next goal is to render you impotent to live the Christian life the way God wants you to, to be able to accomplish anything good for God. He would love to get you distracted living your life for other things. And that's his goal. So again, he does not play fair. His only goal is your destruction. And today as he encounters Jesus, the lie that he's gonna tell again is very appealing. It's gonna be very difficult, even as you listen to this sermon, to determine whether or not you've listened to this lie and believed it. It's very hard because it's a masterful presentation and approach to appealing to your heart, to your mind, surrounding something that's very good and it came from God. Today, his temptation in our story today and in what we're gonna examine, the lie we wanna uncover, the lie is going to revolve around not what it is, okay? Not what Jesus is after, not what Jesus is gonna pursue, the lie is going to revolve around the how. It's going to revolve around the how, not the what. We want to expose the devil's tactics, and I want to make sure you know what they are, that you're empowered to fight against them, to resist them, and to say no when the devil is the one tempting you and lying to you. And so let's look at, this, at Satan's deception as he encounters Jesus here in Matthew chapter 4. Follow along as I read these verses. Matthew 4, verses 8 and 9. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Jesus takes, or, uh, the devil takes Jesus to a high uh, area where he can see over the earth. And he shows him the kingdoms of the earth, all the people of the earth. And he says, Jesus, I can deliver all this to you. I can give all this to you. All the people of earth, I can give this to you. All you've got to do is bow down and worship me. So the what here are the people of this earth. Now, let's back up a minute and think about Jesus, who he was, what his role is. Okay? Jesus is the creator of the human race. He created all that is. So people came from him. We are his creation. He is already the rightful ruler over the people of earth because we came from him. He made us. And so he's in a position already of leadership and authority over us. We belong to him. We came from him. Okay? And so Satan here is presenting to Jesus something that Jesus already is destined to do. In fact, it already who is who he is, right? He's already the ruler of the people of earth. And so Satan is offering him something that's right in line with who he is. It's already what God has uh, projected for him. Jesus, come to earth. You're on a mission to save the human race, right? At the end of it, you're going to lead them out of death and destruction into salvation. So Jesus is, or Satan is not challenging something that isn't already in front of Jesus. It's right in line with his destiny. He's agreeing to it and he's tapping into it. Jesus, this is who you are. You're to rule and reign over the earth. 
You're to gather these people to yourselves and, or to yourself and rule over them, right? And uh, Jesus knows this is what his calling is already. It's the destiny that God has already laid out for him. It's who he is. And so as he contemplates this option or this offer, again, the what is not the issue. So as Satan comes to you and he offers you uh, and lies to you about your future, about your situation on earth, in this particular instance, what he's going to tap into is something that you already feel like God has called you to do or set up for you to do or designed for you to do. He's already put it in your heart to do. You know, feel like this thing that Satan is referring to looks really good. It looks right because it's, it's already what you know you're supposed to do. I'm supposed to be a provider. I'm supposed to be successful. I'm supposed to build something. I'm supposed to make something. I'm supposed to uh, help create a family. I'm supposed to be a good husband, a good wife, a good mother, a good daughter, a good doctor, nurse, teacher, whatever, right? Business owner. Yeah, that's already something I'm supposed to do. That's how Satan comes to Jesus. So recognize the deception has to do not with what, it has to do with how, how we're going to get there. Satan points to the will of God for Jesus already, but he gives an alternate way to accomplish it, to achieve it, to realize it. And this is at the heart of the lie. It's not about what you're going to do. It's not about what you're going to achieve. It's not about what you're going to accomplish. It's about how you're going to get there. Who are you going to be or become in the process? See, for Jesus to step into God's plan and destiny for him, to accomplish the mission that God had called him to, which was to be the savior of the world, to rescue the human race, to be the leader and the king over all the peoples of the earth. This was going to be a path of suffering, pain, and there was no guaranteed outcome. Satan could easily say to Jesus, <laughs> you know your people here, the nation of Israel that you created, they're your people. Look how well they followed you over the over the uh, you know centuries. Look how well they've surrendered to you as the leader. They fight with you all the time. They resist you all the time. They rebel against you all the time. Jesus, if you walk out this path to become the savior of the world, if you follow God's plan and you do it God's way, the outcome's not guaranteed. In fact, it doesn't look very likely to work. So you're supposed to be. You've been given the calling. Uh, you've been given the job, the role, the destiny to be the leader of the world, to reign over and rule over the people of earth. And yet, Jesus, you know how likely it looks like that's going to happen. So listen, I can give it to you. I can get you there. I can deliver it for you. All you got to do is bow down and worship me. How about if you take a shortcut to the success that God wants for you? It's his plan for you. All you got to do is kneel. Now, let's get it straight. When Satan comes to you and I and says, hey, I can give you success if you'll worship me, he's not asking you to bow down and worship him, okay? Satanic worship is one of the least likely outcomes for most people, okay? It's, it's not an attractive uh, you know, draw, okay? What he's going to do is ask you to agree with and follow his teaching. And what is Satan's teaching to us? Is it to worship him? 
I mean, that's what he's asking Jesus to do, very specifically. But what he wants you to do, again, is not worship him. He wants you to worship yourself. He wants you to follow yourself. Because really, at the end of the day, that's what he did, right? He decided he wasn't going to surrender to God, but he was going to do what he wanted. He was going to usurp God's authority. Pride is what got him. And so he rebelled following his own will. And so Satan wants you to follow yourself, to put yourself first, to put your own needs, your own desires, your own achievements, your own accomplishments, your own plans at the middle. People say, I don't follow Satan. I follow myself. To which I say, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what he's trying to get you to do. So let's see clearly the, uh, the real objective here. Satan is not, getting, he's not trying to get you to think about himself all the time and worship him. Just think about yourself. Just put yourself first. The path that Satan wants you to take, he wanted Jesus to take, it's going to involve shortcuts. It's going to involve a fast track. It's going, to, uh, it's going to involve things like what's the most successful, sure way for me to get to success or to achievement? What's the, what's the, the most guaranteed path? What, what's the most likely path for me to, to take that I can actually get to the goal? Those are the kinds of thinking that he's going to try to walk you down. It's always going to involve some compromise. You're going to compromise something about yourself and how you do it. You're going to have to. You're going to have to make a concession. You're going to have to um, uh, take a step that you would go, you know, that's probably not right. I probably shouldn't do that. It's probably not ethical. It's probably not the best way to do it. But, but listen, success is what matters. What matters is I get to the goal. And so you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to make some concessions. Sometimes you got to uh, take some shortcuts. Like, come on, everybody does. It's reality. Come on, pastor, that's just part of life. Yeah, this is Satan's lie. This is the deception. See how hard it is? See how tough it is? brutal because it appeals to everything good in you and what you want is good. He wants you to put your dreams, your ambitions, your goals at the middle. Make those what you're living about. Make those what you look at every morning. Put your dreams and goals and ambitions on your mirror. Get up every morning and say, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. This is where I'm going. Keep those at the center. That's the lie. That's the deception. It's about getting there the quickest, the easiest, the least risky, the most sure way. I just have to get to success. There was a guy out hunting bear and uh, um, he had his rifle and everything, all his gear and he's out hunting grizzly bear. <clears throat> he rounds a corner and there's this giant grizzly bear, giant male grizzly bear. I mean, he's perfect, exactly what he's been looking for. He quickly gets his rifle out. He, he uh, gets a, a round chambered. He, he bears down, uh, points at the bear, aims down on him. And all of a sudden he's surprised as he's about ready to pull the trigger he hears this soft, soothing voice. The bear says, isn't it better to talk than shoot? Hold, hold on a minute. Can't can we have a discussion here? It, it seems so rash that you would just pull the trigger. I mean, I mean, come on, let's talk. What do, what do you want? Let's, let's talk. We can figure this out. <laughs> the hunter is surprised the bear's talking to him. He lowers his gun. <clears throat> he goes, well, I'm not sure we can figure this out. He goes, Really what I want is a fur coat. And the bear, goes, the bear goes, oh, good, good. That's negotiable. That's a negotiable question. All I want is a full stomach. We, we, we can work out. Come on over. Let's sit down and talk. The hunter goes and sits down and talks. 
They spend a few minutes. Pretty soon the bear gets up and leaves alone. He had a full stomach. And the man had a fur coat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Hey, it's a great example of how it works with the devil. It's a great example of how it works with the devil. Uh, He'll invite you in to have a conversation, negotiate for what it is that you want. And he'll offer and promise you what you want and he'll give it to you. (laughs) But you'll end up with nothing, right? You'll end up destroyed. He's a liar. And he has no other goal than to destroy you. The statement that you can't negotiate with terrorists is applicable with the devil. You're not going to get through to him. You're not going to get anywhere. The best thing you can do is recognize the only approach is the approach Jesus took. It's the only approach to take. You not dabble with it. You don't think about it. You don't contemplate it. Your reaction needs to be swift. The truth, Jesus speaks to rebuke the lie. Let's look how Jesus handles the terrorist, Satan. Matthew chapter four, verse 10. This is what Jesus says. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus quoting out of Deuteronomy where Moses is instructing the nation of Israel how to successfully go in and accomplish the mission that God has for them, which is to uh, take over and, and, and live in the land that God's promised them. And in Deuteronomy 6, Moses is saying, you better be laser focused on God. You better be all in, 100% focused. Do not be distracted. Do not uh, have a, a partial um, um, embrace of God, but you must be wholly devoted. And so it's in this context that Jesus quotes this verse that Moses had said to the nation of Israel. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Friends, who you are and how you live matter more than what you accomplish. Who you are and how you live matter more than anything you could accomplish in this life. To worship God, to fear God, to serve him alone is the definition, listen, It's the only definition of success that matters. Please hear me. Nothing else matters but that. You're created in the image of God. You're designed to serve and follow God. You're a worshiper. You're made to worship God. And as long as you're worshiping him, as long as you fear God and live out of a fear of God and you respect God and you know that you're to surrender to him and his plan and his will and you serve him, you can't fail. You cannot get to this end of, uh, the end of this life and be a failure. It's impossible. I can't make a lot of guarantees from the pulpit, but I can guarantee you, I don't care who you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care what level of education. I don't care what kind of gifts you have. I don't care what, I, I don't care. You can't fail if you will worship God, fear God and serve him alone. 
I can guarantee you that you will be a success in this life because it's not about what you accomplish. God has designed you to accomplish things. He's made you to do good things. He created you to do amazing stuff in this life. Do you know how much fun it is just to explore and to, to go after stuff and to have ambition and to try to build things and to have wins and losses and the whole scope of life? Look, it's great. What an amazing life God's given us. But if you start thinking the success, the achievement defines you, that that's what's going to label you or, or make you a success or failure, you've missed it. And even if you get it, you won't be successful. That's why people get success and kill themselves. It doesn't deliver. It's the lie of Satan. I can give it to you. I can give you success. I can give you what you want. And then you get it and you kill yourself because that's what Satan wants. God says, worship me, fear me, serve me alone. I can guarantee that you'll be a success, that you'll end this life full of satisfaction, full of fulfillment, full of joy, full of a sense of, I've done what I was supposed to do here. I accomplished what God wanted me to. See, God can deliver. I want to remind you that Jesus walked God's path. And this is what happened to Jesus in the end. Satan said, I can give you the kingdoms of the world, right? But Jesus trusted God's process and he trusted the outcome, okay? Jesus trusted God to deliver what only God could deliver. Ephesians 1 19 through 23, this is what it says. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above, listen, far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Jesus walked God's path. He did it God's way. He was more concerned with who he was and how he did it than what he accomplished. But in the end, because he did it the right way, he was given success at the most important mission that's ever been attempted in this earth and in this world. Jesus accomplished it and God elevated him to the place that Satan tried to promise him. Satan can't give you success. He can't make you a success. And if you listen to his lie, you'll step into a trap that will lead you to death and destruction. It will leave you empty. But if you listen to God and stay focused on the truth of God and do what Jesus did, get out of here, Satan. I'm here for one reason, and that's to worship God, to serve God, and to fear God. And that's how I'm going to live my life. Then God will lead you into amazing things. And the world's definition of success is not going to stick to you. You're going to know that before God, you've done what he made you to do. God, thank you for your calling on our lives, the way that you have created us and designed us to live in relationship with you. I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that's walked down this path, believe in the lie of Satan, I pray that you'd help them to, to stop today and turn around and begin to live for you and follow you and put their trust in you. God, would you rescue us from the destructive path that Satan has us on? Would you allow us to live for you, to realize who it is you want us to be, to uncover and discover why you've put us here and what you want us to do? 
Deliver us from the oppression of Satan's lies. Give us the power and strength to stand firm in you. We pray this in Jesus' name.